cheers to the wish you were here, but you're not. Cause the dreams bring back all the memories of everything we've been through. Episode 16.3. Current weight, 275 pounds. I start out each episode with this introduction. So if you come in the middle of this, you'll understand why. I have stage 4 prostate cancer that is terminal, and it has metastasized to my bones. I want to tell you a story of my wonderful and amazing life. Also, I've had a minor stroke, so I talk slow. I always tell people I talk like John Wayne from Chicago. I also want to say thank you for all your support to all you nurses at my hospital that believe in me and kept pushing me to do this, and it kept me alive by doing this. I never knew there could be so many sweet people gathered in one place. Thank you again for all of you and you all know who you are. Thank you so much. On with the show. I came out of their jail. Oh man. A changed person. No kidding. Remember, Russ was still there at this time. But he had nothing to do with me when I was in court or when I was in jail or nothing. And because what my home come my homecoming gift was, you guessed it, a beating. That's okay. I was out. I'll take any kind of beating for a present. And now I'll never go back there again. I know everyone says that, but honestly, I can say that. I'm 65. I was true to my word. Don't get me wrong. When I was like 18, 19, 20, in those rough and tumble years, at least once a week, maybe twice, I was in jail for battery. When I got older, for like two years, habitual, but I was out in an hour, and when I went to court, I would play the system against itself. I learned. I learned if you're going to play by their rules, you better know how to play it better than them, and I did. You'll find out in other episodes, and I learned as you'll find out, 
when I went to school, back to school, I was in seventh grade. And remember, I had left. It was three weeks to a month. And then I went to jail. And I was gone for two weeks and... I didn't go back to school for another week after that, so I really missed a lot. But just like in the TV shows, it's real. I walked down the hall that first day that I got back, and everybody was watching me walk down the hall and whispering, no kidding. <laughs> I had to go to my counselor's office. And right then and there, I realized if you haven't walked in someone else's shoes, you ask stupid questions. The counselor asked, now let me describe this guy. He was real skinny. He had long hair because that was the hairstyle of the day. Hard on the side so he could be cool. A striped shirt and bell bottoms on. And he was trying to fit in, be one of the fellas, the seventh and eighth graders. And he was like to be a big brother or something. What a joke. He says to me, was it hard? How did the people treat you? Did you get in any fights? Did you learn your lesson? Boy, did I ever. What did you learn? To be good, sir. And to just try and get my grades up, sir. And not to get any fights anymore, sir. I've learned my lesson. And anything else he wanted to hear, I thought to myself. I looked at everyone differently now. Of course, all the girls wanted to know the bad boy. And believe me. I was of that age. I obliged. Now remember, my only true friend was Slim. Everyone's dead now, so I can tell you the truth. Grasshopper, Slim's mom, was a hoarder. And bad. And Terry, his sister was a spoiled brat. And nobody ever took a bath. I mean, it was terrible. One time I was playing catch him and then feel him with Terry, and I scratched her boob by accident, and I scratched the dirt off, and it was clean underneath. That's how dirty she was. Well, needless to say, 
she never um and I never um well you know I always learned good excuses when it and it made her so mad she wanted a piece of me and I wouldn't give it to her and all the other girls were coming around and believe me every moment she could narc on me she would that means tattle grasshopper however was my surrogate mother you'll hear more about her i loved her she gave me something i had never had love and not only love but unconditional love no matter what I did wrong, she still loved me. And I, I couldn't do no wrong around her. It was amazing. And I did some wrong. Trust me. Something I knew was never impossible. The word unconditional. Anyways... Slim's bedroom, it had bunk beds in it. I noticed them in the back. There was so much junk in there, I never noticed it before. But you couldn't see back there, and you couldn't see the floor, and the but the beds, that's all you could see. That's where I think I learned to clean so thoroughly. So I took everything out. This was going to be my love nest. Nobody knew it, but it was. I took everything out, but the frames of the bunk bed out of his room. I washed the floor twice. It was terrible. I brought up a couple tiles and that's how much I soaked it, and I glued them back down. I washed the bunk beds. I mean, washed them. I took out the um, mattresses. I washed the walls. And, of course, Terry went and told on me to Grasshopper. Everything, reporting to her everything I was doing. But I didn't care. Grasshopper loved me. And she knew I was making a bed for Michael, a.k.a. Slim. She knew. If this kept me around, that's all she cared. She loved having me around. And remember, if I'm around, that makes all my friends Mike's friends which was okay by me because by then he was like a brother to me, a little brother, believe it or not. So back to the girls. So one by one, I would date a girl. It would last a couple days, a week, whatever, and then on to the next girl. I loved life. I didn't have to go home because I slept there and nobody at home cared if I came or went. They didn't even know I was gone. 
and grasshopper would feed me real food. I hear girls knocking on at Mike's window at all hours of the night like they would sneak out of their house and want to come and come in. They'd ask if they could come in, and even if I was there with another girl, and they didn't care. They wanted a piece of the bad boy. I also learned fast how to be a lover. The more I said not now or no, the more they wanted me. Remember, you fellas, if you say no and like you're not interested, why? What's wrong with me? Nothing. I just don't have time for you. I'm with her. Oh, God, when aren't you going to be with her? Well, when I am, I'll give you a call. You promise? Yeah, I will. I was just as much of a conquest as they were. I remember one time I was older, say, I can't give you the date because I don't want to get a girl in trouble because she's still married and um, she's still alive. And I think if the story progresses, she'll know who she is if she ever hears this. And I've learned since then how to be a gentleman. So... I had this apartment in Berwyn, and if if she ever hears this, she'll know who she is, I promise. I was working, and I was really, really tired that day, and all my money went to rent and utilities, and the only food I had was peanut butter and Cheerios, seriously. If any of you folks ever started out, you know how serious I am. But I had my own place. Oh, yeah, and a radio. It was probably 8 o'clock at night, and there was a buzz. I answered the buzz, and I said, who is it? I'm thinking I'm going to bed, and, man, I don't want to talk to nobody. She says, it's such and such. I said, oh, my God, she never comes over here. I said, is everything okay? There was a pause, and she said, no, I need to come up and talk to you. At that point in my life, after all, who finding out what a girl is, I started listening to women. They have a lot to say. I mean a lot. But they also teach you a lot if you'll listen and be patient with them. So I buzzed her up. When she got to the front door, 
I invited her in. What's wrong? Is everything okay? What's wrong? She said, I brought you some food. Well, all you folks know the old additive. How do you get to a man's heart? Through his stomach, especially if all he has to eat is peanut butter and Cheerios. She bought me, brought me Italian beef and a Coke and fries and herself one too. She knew me well. I actually liked her in freshman year. I let her pierce my left ear twice. First time, I let it heal. And then I asked her if she could do it again. It closed for some reason. Of course she did. But she had her eyes on someone else. And she's with him to this day. Anyways, she came in, fed me, and then asked if she could spend the night. I said, see the growl? I told you, you'll learn it the other episode. Anyways, I said, I don't know if how good I'll be of a companion, but if you just want to snuggle, I mean snuggle, I got to get up at 4.30. I'm working tomorrow. You know, when you say something like that to a woman, you know you're asking for it. You know what is on their mind. Of course, I was too young to understand that part. She said, why, of course. I understand you work very hard, and, uh, you know, you're going to need a good night's sleep. Well, she worked on me all night, trying one thing or another, if you know what I mean. You know, and it was a little ups. I was a little upset because I really, I worked hard back in those days, not smart, and I needed my sleep. But she had other plans. So about 2 o'clock in the morning, I finally gave in. I was half asleep, but I gave in. After she got what she wanted, she said, Okay, I'm going to go now, and I'll let you sleep. Oh, gee, thanks. I probably only get what? That took all of five minutes, and then, you know, <laughs> and then um, I, you know, she, anyways, <laughs> I'm embarrassed. Would you mind very much if I told my friends? I said, told them what? That I slept with Bob. And it was great. Listen, I don't mind as long as you use the word great. And she laughed and left.
Ma, please, I'm trying to do a podcast down here. Be quiet.